0: Hello, welcome to another Rahalastapa, this week with Robert's Webbs, Robert Webb. It's his third time on the show. This one was recorded remotely, of course, because we were deep in the heart of lockdown. Remember that? What was that all about? Remember we all stayed inside and didn't come out? Why? What were you we thinking? Uh, we're allowed out now. Go and lick each other in the face. Everything's fine. They have a cure. Uh, if you enjoy these podcasts, please tell your friends about them. Um, and uh, just by listening to them with the adverts, you are helping us out. So thank you for you doing that. Um, if you would like to make an actual contribution, why not become a monthly badger? Go slash badges. Loads of extras, including backstage interviews and chance to win prizes and much, much more. Um, you can... Link your Twitch accounts and Amazon Prime account and give us £5 a month without any cost to yourself. It would be lovely if you did that. If you look in the videos at Herring1967 on YouTube, you can find out how to do that if you're confused. Do remember to resubscribe. Thank you to everyone who has given us free money from Ian, Ian Amazon. and You can pay your own money there as well if you want, which a few of you have done. So thank you for that. Uh, Twitch TV keeps going. Twitch.tv slash Various things going on uh, there, including recording Rahalastapas every Wednesday at 8pm. So you can tune in, watch them live before they're edited down to nothing and we take out all the contentious bits. Thanks for watching and listening. Let's sit back, relax and enjoy Rahalastapa with Robert Webb. Welcome to Richard's Attic. Please welcome a man who's been wearing a bum bag on his face. It's Richard Herring. Hello. Here I am. It wasn't me just crouching down. I hope you can all uh, hear me and everything's going okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Richard Herring's Lava Submerging Trauma podcast, which is based on... uh, I did talk about this on the Twitch stream uh, earlier in the week, but um, I've been homeschooling my daughter because I'm an amazing parent, uh, as well as trying to work and... Keep the house tidy. I'm an incredible, uh, and uh, my daughter was wanting to watch uh, someone playing Minecraft on YouTube, uh, and I said she couldn't do that. I said she had to draw something, and she went and I took the iPad off her, and she went fine, and she went to the table, and then very quickly, like so fast, just got... and drew this picture, uh, and then brought it to me and said, there you are, and shoved it in my face. She said that's it, and then she said that's you falling in some lava. Uh, and that she was angry with me, which I thought was quite funny. It's quite good lava. And then she took it back off me, and she said, wait! And then she drew very, very quickly this little green thing here, and she said, that is a crocodile, and you're falling into the mouth of a crocodile, there it is, which was, you know, a nice... It's a very good crocodile, there it is, I'll put it that way up. I mean, if you had to draw a crocodile in two seconds, you couldn't do better than that. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that's exactly me, but the hair's nearly me. You have to watch this on video. It looks a bit like a crossed-out cock in the lava, but it's still good. Um, so she's funnier than I am. She kind of That was a brilliant diss back to me. Also, quite a good emergency question. Uh, I think I might ask my guest that today. Would you rather be uh, eaten by a crocodile or uh, submerged in a pool of lava? Because it's kind of, in a way, you think, well, the crocodile's saving me from going in the lava, but then is being eaten by a crocodile better than going into lava or worse? It would be a more painful, well, a slower death. Anyway, but I was hanging around with some uh, 4G conspiracy theorists. They're great guys. Uh, they think that... Uh, 5G, rather, conspiracy theorists. Uh, they think... Uh, and some, there were some 4G ones there as well. They weren't as popular. Uh, and, uh, they know, they, they, I said to them, do you not think it's weird Boris Johnson has rolled out this 5G thing but then gets the coronavirus that's caused it and they say, no, that's what they want, you think? That's all part... They had an answer for everything. Anyway, they call it Rahalastaba and they call 5G Fugger. And 4G, g forget, as well. That's what they do. Uh, Yeah, and I've been wearing a bum bag as a mask. I don't really have anything to wear as a mask. I went into Hitchin the other day. I've been to the supermarket. That's the only time I've been out of the house and out of the village. And uh, I had to go and have an MOT because I'd forgotten to do it. And I thought you could extend it at the end of the month. And then I found out I should have done my MOT in January. I I usually do it in April. I don't know what had happened. Uh, And so I had to take it in. And then I had to walk around Hitchin and I thought, well, I haven't got anything to wear. And then I found a, the bum bag I use for running. It goes around your stomach, not your bum. And it's quite good. You can put it around your face and uh, it's quite breathable. But, you know, if you told me in January, you know, you'll be walking around Hitchin Town Centre with a bum bag on your face, I would have said you were mad. But there's a lot of things like that, aren't there? Uh, if you told, said to Captain Tom in January, you know, you'll earn 20, 30 million pounds before May is, comes around and you'll be at number one, he would have probably said, No, that's that's quite unlikely. Uh, me one versus me two snooker is going to be on the BBC. If you'd told me that three weeks ago, I'd have said you were mad. But that, there you go. It's a tra- crazy world. What crazy things are happening to you uh, that wouldn't have happened? Um, oh, good to see. You. Congratulations to Boris Johnson. Sort of the headlines he's had. Uh, had. A, his, him and his girlfriend have had a, a baby. But I mean, if they're going to make that headline news, that is going to waste. You know, that's practically every day that's going to happen, isn't it? Somewhere. So uh, and I was watching Sliding Doors on uh, Sunday, which may come up again with uh, my guest because it's John Hanna. No, nah, no. But now I've said that. I, that's wrong. And it's to say I wish it was. I don't wish it was because John I don't. I, John Hannah was terrible in that film. Um, and I've decided after seeing Sliding Doors that I'm going to try and make try and get to a point where sh- saying the word shagging instead of fucking like not for shagging, but, you know, Fucking hell, or this is a fucking disgrace. Because in Sliding Doors, they obviously to get around some kind of PG certificate, they say, shaggy. this is shagging ridiculous. Um, I want to try and popularise that, make that more popular than saying fucking, so that when people watch Sliding Doors in 10 years' time, as I'm sure they will, it would seem normal that people are saying that and it won't take you out of the film and make you think, why were they saying that? I have a lot of problems with Sliding Doors. As you know, you can watch the... uh, my director's commentary of it, if you want, still uh, in the videos on Twitch. Um, but we may we may get onto that uh, as uh, there is a little crossover with uh, my guest's uh, book. What else do I want to say? Um, thank you for everyone who subscribed on Twitch. It's very easy to do. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you have a free £5 a month that you can give to me out of Ian Amazon's stupid pockets. I want to build a wall and I'm going to make Ian Amazon pay for it. You can see me stone-clearing in the morning, you can see me playing snooker in the evening, you can see me commentating on films on Sundays, you can see me playing myself at video games, uh, some just at random times, and you can see me doing Rahalistapos on Wednesday. I haven't got a guest for next week yet, but it'll be someone good. So let's have a little look and see who he is. He is probably best known as the narrator of Family Guy, Groundbreaking Gags. That's why we're all here. But, of course, to most of us, We'll always remember him as the host of Robert's Webb. Whatever else he tries to do, will you please welcome the amazing Robert Webb, ladies and
1: gentlemen? There he is from Robert's Webb. Hello, it's Robert's Hello. Web. How are you doing? Hi. Hi. I'm very well. I'm extremely well. How are you? Good.
0: Yeah, well, I'm I'm all right. I'm getting through it um, with a just. Me, I, you've stopped drinking. I'm getting through it by starting drinking again and and drinking too much. But uh, our
1: paths will sort of cross in. Kind of, at yeah, some point. Uh, yeah. It's shagging ridiculous. It is.
0: See, it's good, isn't it? it'll come, it'll come back.
1: Yeah, um, I'm already quite into it.
0: Yeah, I think it, it's. I've been doing it. You know, you're a shag wit and stuff like that. You can, you can, <laughs> for shag's sake.
1: Shag off.
0: <laughs> it's good. Um, Love a um Have you thought about bringing back Robert's Web in lockdown as a lockdown uh, series that you could do from your,
1: your well, home? There's a thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, blindly. because all you need is. Uh, is all of the researcher the whole team of... What, <laughs> you know, what I'd be yeah. missing would be the whole team of researchers who were going through Twitter <laughs> yeah, trying yeah. to find amusing things that Kanye had said. Right, if well. Kanye was even... <laughs> if he <even>, wasn't <laughs> even alive in 2012 or whenever we did it, uh, and for me to say witlessly uh, sarcastic things...
0: I think this it, is the time. You can look through You can do that yourself.
1: I do could do camera. that. I could You've do that a myself. Book. You but can it, write. Might be, it might be almost as good if I did okay. it myself.
0: You've written books. You can write. You can read out some tweets. Um, uh, what, do, what do you remember much about the narration of Family Guy? Groundbreaking gags and what were the groundbreaking gags in uh, Family Guy?
1: Uh, I'm sure I gave it my all and I <laughs> sounded like I was really into the groundbreaking. How did they break ground? I, I don't maybe know. I, I don't explained know. at some point, but no, I'm afraid that that particular information about just why that ground got broken by Family uh. Guy has now eludes me. Uh-oh.
0: All right, well, I'll ask you my new emergency question written by my daughter unknowingly. Would you rather fall into a pool of lava or at the last minute be eaten by a crocodile instead of falling into the pool of lava?
1: I think it's got to be headfirst into the lava yeah. Yeah. because that's the faster death. I mean, the crocodile it sounds like... I mean, it would be even slower than, like, when Quint buys the farm at the end of Jaws, <laughs> and that looks pretty flipping, yeah. shagging, painful. So when all the bloke comes out... I was allowed to watch that film oh, yeah. on the telly when I was about eight <laughs> and... Yeah, that ending was that that stayed with me.
0: I think with the crocodile as well. The crocodile is in the lava. If you look, uh, if you look at the yes, I can um, see. And
1: uh, it's a, so it's a crocodile that doesn't mind lava. Well, clearly.
0: I don't know. Or is when you go into the crocodile, it'll eat you, and then the crocodile will be burnt up by the lava, and then because you will be, you'll still be sentient as you'll be ah, I'm eating ah, and then in the crocodile's gut, you'll will then be burnt up as well. So I think it's probably better just go straight in the lava
1: because if the if the crocodile if the, if it was one of those crocodiles that doesn't have any teeth and you can survive inside the crocodile and is and the crocodile is lava proof that's yeah. the best yeah. place to be. Yeah. Really. you
0: can sw- swim you could get your arms into its legs and swim
1: yeah, swim out be, like that. It could be fun. It could be a whole new thing.
0: That's a way through. Good. Well that's that's all I really wanted to talk to you about was those those things. So thanks for coming well, on. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> let <laughs> for coming to my attic. Oh no, you're in your attic. It's been as easy. Always. It's easy. I've got the same, I've nearly the same dressing gown as you,
1: nearly. Well, I um, like it. It's, it's an accident, but I've got, I think this is the room that I laughingly call my study, but I think it's a bit of a giveaway that I've got a dressing <laughs> gown in it. Uh, but, I, but I like the way that the stripiness of my dressing gown also yeah, yeah. slightly complements the more horizontal stripes of the picture behind me. Yeah, so it does work. You know, it's almost as if it's all thought out. It isn't.
0: But you should sit, when you're working in your study, you should sit in a dressing gown smoking a pipe. As you're, as you're ruminating, thinking about jokes, yes. that would be good. Yes.
1: Well, normally I dress for dinner every time I sit down to write, like, uh, like Lord Byron. I'd mainly you know, dress up in a three, three piece suit, in a three piece suite, actually, yeah, I'd dress good. up you in upholstery be. uh, because that's how wacky I am.
0: <laughs> so, look, I've been uh, reading your books. So I was forced to actually read because the audiobook of your book is not yet out,
1: it doesn't exist.
0: So I usually, read the, I usually have the audiobooks, but you know what? It was, I've read the whole fucking shagging, sorry, thing. <laughs> it's even difficult to do, even when I'm trying to popularise it, in a day. I started at, um, I'd say, about 10 o'clock. And I have done other things as well. I finished by f- just at 5 o'clock, so it took me six or seven hours to read the whole thing, and I read the whole thing more or less in one sitting.
1: Very in-shagging pressing.
0: And I was, I was up at 5 o'clock this morning, so I was very tired uh and i I've, I've not read a book for a long time and got very far with it i was gripped it was very exciting it's in my wheelhouse of interests it's about uh, as i was saying to you beforehand it's uh, before we started i'm, I'm doing a uh, sitcom slash book about alternate universes which is partly about the choices we make uh and how it, with lovers and how they could have been they could, if fate had intervened, they could have been different. If you met people in a different <laughs> order, you could, it could be a different. Which is sort of what your thing. So your your it's a bit like Goodnight Sweetheart meets Sliding Doors meets. Uh, uh, d- d- uh, Bobby Ewing falling asleep and dreaming a whole series. Truly badly,
1: truly Madly deeply meets one day <laughs> meets Banks of <to> the Future <laughs> meets any films with you know what we're doing. by it's now, sort yeah, of got that. Day. I, <laughs> think,
0: I, I think it's a neat thing. It's got a neat uh, gimmick of, of doing of, of it sort of sort of being a dream but not being a dream and being too real to be a dream. But uh, uh, you're getting that chance to go back to universe times, which again I'm very fascinated by that sort of period in your life where you left school and sort of starting out in the world uh and so basically i i'm allowed to say so uh, so much i don't want to give too much away but i think it's fair enough to say that a, a woman who's lost her husband who she met at university oh, gets the chance yeah. to go back to to meet yeah. him again and try and warn him that he is going to die in 28 years
1: Yes, yeah, that's that's it. Kate, uh, Kate Marsden, our heroine, she lost her husband, Luke, uh, about nine months ago. They met when they were kids. They met when they were at uh, the first week of uh, the University of York. But she, he died recently and she's not getting better. Uh, she's in terrible trouble. One day she wakes up. She's 18 years old. She remembers everything. She's in her college room. This was the week, in fact, this was the day that she met Luke for the first time. But she knows how he died. She knows he's already ill. She thinks she's there to warn him. Uh, she's going to try and do everything exactly the same, hence yeah. comedy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's, there's, some, exactly there's some... The
0: good, I mean, there always is with this sort of stuff, but there's some good philosophy in there. And I really like the um, the fact that she's... As she is still the the mind of a 45-year-old woman with all those experiences inside the body of a uh, 18-year-old um is that cheating if you know hold on we won't go to that uh I, then um you know she she sort of doesn't really fall for him in the same way or she sort of sees through his pretensions that...
1: Yeah, because he's not the the middle-aged man that she lost. He's the annoying 19-year-old English student that she first met. In fact, she kind of went out with him despite his personality to start with (laughs) Um, because he's very good-looking and it's okay to be that shallow when you're a teenager. But but then they stayed together and, uh, you know, and part of what made him the man that he became was his relationship with her so when you know because we affect each other over 28 years obviously you're you're a big influence on you um on whoever you're with even for not as ridiculously long as that but um so yeah he's she meets him and she's forgotten all of these fucking sorry shagging um <laughs> uh affectation and he's still pretending to be french and he's still pretending to have read books that he hasn't read and he's still gaslighting people and he's full of all this kind of affectation and bullshit uh except when she gets him on a on his own and then she tries to tell him and that conversation kind of happens in the middle of the book and it, it does not go well no it's very
0: evocative i think of that i mean again it's, for people of our rough generation of uh it's of the 80s and 90s students uh it's very that middle section is very evocative of that time and the student unions and the and the kind of people you met at that time and uh
1: the kind of people who, if they weren't your mates, would you'd find really annoying. Yeah. Um, but you can tell that, you know, that sometimes you can see on the faces of other people that the people you were with were behaving badly or obnoxiously and actually, but it's fine because he's my friend. I'm talking about David Mitchell, of course, and how <laughs> outrageous and obnoxious he could become in his cups. Um, but it's not an accident that it's set in 1992 because that's that's when I was a fresher and yeah. so I didn't have to do that much detailed research. I remember... You know the uh, something of, of the clothes and the music and the atomic dustbin and everyone wearing t-shirts yeah. like the long sleeve tops and all that stuff and the 90s generally is sort of interesting i mean it was to me certainly in when i wrote this 2018 2019 and i and the whole thing was trump and brexit and i thought i'm gonna daringly write something set in the present day and i'm not gonna mention brexit and and it and it felt like oh the early 90s is this kind of golden era of massive boredom that it was, you know, there were loads of things that were wrong with it, but it wasn't just totally fucking weird the way I thought. The way I thought 2018, 2019 was fucking weird. (laughs) Little did I know (laughs) it was about to get lethally uh, much weirder, but um, there we are. So anyway, the the book is kind of suspicious about nostalgia at the same time as enjoying a bit of nostalgia.
0: But, you know, because the changes and that's where again, like you say, 30, 20, 30 years. Uh, I you know, I remember that thing of queuing up for having to queue up for the telephone. There was two telephones, yeah. I think, in the college and you had to queue up for them. And if someone stayed in there for ages, you just had to wait for them. If you got messages, they were stuck up on the like a little board in the, yeah, you're in right the entrance. On. And like one of the answers I got was, um, for Richard Terring, Can you tell him his granddad has died? <laughs> that was just it wasn't even you know, your granddad's like, "Can you tell?" Him? Can you te- they just wrote down, "Can you tell him his granddad has died?" Uh, I knew my granddad was all going those, to die, but it was still people,
1: all those people who think their granddad hasn't just died. <laughs> take one step forward. Where the fuck are you going, Richard Herrick?
0: But it's you know, but it's funny because they're, they're just sort of thinking back to that time, which obviously you must have done. Uh, you know, the people you just randomly meet and the, the, the she meets them in a different order and, and that sort of changes her priorities with them a little bit. But, you know, you randomly make connections, that exact thing you talk about, some people you meet and then you think, oh, maybe this will be the friend that I have for yeah, the rest of my life. Is... And, and and the people you do become friends with will be the friends for the rest of your life, probably the more, most important friends of your life from that particular period.
1: Yeah, it's a sort of crackpot lottery of Freshers Week, isn't it? Yeah. That, that you're sort of talking to someone and you're and you're slightly well, I speak for myself, but I was slightly on edge whenever I met a new person in my year at that college because or certainly doing the same subject am i talking to someone whose funeral i will one day attend or whose children <laughs> i will be godfather to yeah or is this another person that i will for, have forgotten the name of by next tuesday <laughs> you were
0: you, you were thinking that at the time were you do you, you remember thinking no about, i wasn't thinking no yeah, you're right i wasn't thinking now, that at yeah, the
1: time yeah. i wasn't at all i thought they were all going to be my yeah. best friends <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> but did, no it's
0: it's a weird thought to think about how you know um, how those choices and that that random luck and what i like about the book is that the randomness of encounters if one thing changes then everything changes which a lot of these sliding doors style time travel ideas alternate universe ideas don't get i'm not I, mean, I won't talk about the end of the book i'm not 100% happy with the end of the book that's all i'm going to say to you but yes, I, can't
1: well, talk, I, mean, I can't talk yeah, about well. i can't talk about
0: it because i don't want to give away what happens
1: yeah, well, this will sound, like a, it will sound like a cop-out, but I keep thinking of the, the reply Mark Hamill uh, got from Harrison Ford. Mark Hamill was coming out of the filming Star Wars, as we call it, or A New Hope, as proper fans probably call it. And, you know, Luke Skywalker's just all wet from escaping from the monster in the trash compactor, and he comes out, and he's, apparently he's, he tells this story, he said to Harrison Ford, but my hair's still wet, and it should be... I'm sorry, my hair should be still wet. Why is it all dry? And Harrison Ford goes... It's not that kind of movie, and, you know. It's, it's <laughs> it not that a, kind. Of, you know, funny. if they if they care about his hair being uh, not wet, then then something's gone wrong with Star Wars. And yeah. and in the same way, it's this is I've written an adventure story, yeah, really. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, a, you can tell that I'm not massively interested <laughs> in the whole sci-fi <laughs> paradox. But, but, yeah. I think
0: you do. I think you know, But I think generally, it's is and it's very strong in that though. That's what that. And I just think. Um, and, you know, and it's fine for you to do what you do at the end. It is actually, of course it is. But just from my own very, this is my actual wheelhouse of all I care about in my life is all the <laughs> universe and time travel. And so I'm going to give you 98% on it. I'm just going oh, well, to, so you know, I'm not, that. not, that's not a bad score. Sliding no. Doors gets 4%.
1: Sliding Doors with John Hanna, who's yeah. great in a couple of other things, yeah, loads of right. other things I've seen yeah, in but good. Unfortunately, he has the thankless task of playing the character who we're supposed to think is likeable and funny because he goes to dinner parties and he does impressions of Monty Python oh, sketches.
0: Don't, don't get me started. While
1: getting all kind of red in the face. you <laughs> Calm down, love. What are you doing? Why do people think that's good? Shut your shagging face.
0: He's, you could repurpose it very. I think you know. There's that um, Mrs. Doubtful, Doubtfire trailer that someone's done of it as, as a sort of sinister thriller. Where <laughs>
1: yeah, have you seen that? Right. You
0: could easily do that with sliding doors and him being a terrible stalker. He's there's bits where he's staring at her with his. He's just he behaves very oddly. And uh, as I this time I've watched it many times. I watched it on Sunday, and this time I sort of realised that the, you know, the, they're alternate universes. It's not like one of them disappears at the end. We go into one of them and they meet again. But in the other one, John Hannah has just met someone, lied to them completely unnecessarily. He could have just told her that he was married and it wouldn't have been an issue because he was getting divorced. Uh, that's led to a chain of events that gets her a spoiler alert, uh, though I think this film is already spoiled already, by him... Losing her and his unborn child. So in his that universe, and, pr- and I guess his mum would die in that universe as well. And I guess for the rest of his life, John Hannah is just a, 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 a just a wreck. And two nasty... babies die in the film. You know, it's not a romantic comedy. Yeah. Two babies die it in the film. a
1: nasty taste. That's yeah. a, that is a bad. That's bad energy. I yeah. bad karma from that. It
0: is. So um, I did not enjoy it. Uh, yeah, John Hannah. It's the women characters all make sort of things that men would say about women comments, which uh, I'm pleased to say. Well, you've got a female protagonist in your in your novel, and I think yes. she's I think she's a very well rounded and uh, female character written by a man. which you cannot say about the female characters in Sliding Doors a that one of them finds a man who does the Spanish Inquisition sketch? Yeah, sexually attractive. That would, mean, that would never uh, happen, Robert.
1: Yeah, I mean that. It, it would never happen. But the the thing, the important thing to do with a female um, protagonist is to make sure she has a dysfunctional relationship with her mother, Yes. and then you're fine, and then everyone <laughs> believes. All oh, right, all right. I, I was worried about this this character, and then it turns out her mum's a nightmare. Now I believe it. <laughs> so that's that's my that's my top tip. Yeah,
0: I would like to see. i lo- I really really loved the. I lo- I re- I thought it was all good. I really loved the middle section, and I th- you sort of feel like. There's so much to explore in that idea of being able to go back to 1992 or in my case 1987 I suppose and you know like, and meet the people go, her going to see a dad who's now dead as well and but I could go and see my granddad and say it was good you you're not dead anymore um, just at the beginning uh, uh, you know I think there's a, there's a lot of interesting things in that uh, in the idea I mean I think I've spent my whole life kind of yearning to go back to have another crack at being I think 18 it's
1: or a, 19 I think it's a- very very common daydream but then you sort of if you think about it logically as you will have done if you're writing this kind of thing that after the first five seconds you realize it would be it probably wouldn't be very nice at all you'd be very very lonely it'd be a massively, massively isolating, isolating thing, thing yeah. you, you have you all of this pre-knowledge and knowledge rather and, and you're, you're surrounded by and, and certainly and in Kate's, Kate's position, position she's, she's surrounded by all of her lifelong friends no. none of whom know who she is including her future dead husband who's, <laughs> she's being introduced to for the first time he said he's Kate isn't it and it's all of that is um, you know very it's 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 a really lonely thing so I think it would be horrible of course the, the daydream goes completely wrong as soon as you have kids Just one of the, just one of the reasons that Kate doesn't I didn't give Kate ch- I didn't give Kate children see as I talk like a novelist I'm going full Patrick Marver any minute now I should become incredibly grand um, she, she can't have kids because you know as soon as you go back to my house too she would be completely out of her mind with anxiety about what's happened to my children yeah, And yeah. in the same way you can't really the whole let's go back in time what would you change doesn't work because if you don't meet your current partner when you met them and conceived those kids when you did before you've before you've done yeah. anything, you've bumped off your kids by accident. But yeah. so, so
0: like you've bumped off all those other kids by not having sex with the, your partner or other people at, this, yeah. at a different time. So think of all the of kids bread you've bread. killed. You're worse than uh, Joey from Bread, you are. He yeah. only, only killed two kids. You've killed an infinite number of children. I was right. thinking
1: about Joey from Bread the other yeah. night yeah. as I tried to get to sleep, but that <laughs> didn't help. There were six in that family. There was, there was Joey, yeah. There was the big one, the little one, the fat one the good looking one and the woman.
0: Yeah. There was a the woman one as well, yeah. I never really got into bread. No. Um but uh, Carla Lane did some excellent uh, sitcoms as well as some Weird. Butterflies it was great. Butterflies is very good. There we go. Um and uh, well let's talk I mean I you you have talked about this in the press I don't know how much you want to talk about it but um oh. the, the slightly uh chilling thing about the book and this has happened to me quite a lot when I've been writing is uh, the character who goes on to die is uh, writing books, uh, trying to write a book, and he sort of writes a book which almost uh, predicts, or it seems to be aware that there's something inside him that might kill him, uh, mm. but he doesn't really realise. But then he, that it does kill him. And as you were writing this book, or just after you'd written this book, you discovered that you had something within you that was
1: mm-hmm. oh, something very wrong with really me. Way yeah, way no, it me. I um, it's so. You know the book is about Kate, but um, Luke and um, we see a bit of Luke, and Luke obviously is this a middle-aged husband who drops dead at the age of forty-seven um, while he's emptying the dishwasher because he's had a a, a, a very very slow-growing meningioma, a uh, brain tumour. It is possible, to have a, a tumour that he's had since before he she met him. Um, uh, and then it turned out, and I, the, I, the book was finished. And then it turned out I went to. Uh, a routine medical for the second series of back. Um, you know, the uh, Sick so Come I Do with David. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're usually very perfunctory affairs. of GP just tells you a cough and you're out of there. He just put a stethoscope on my heart and said, Oh, that blinding. What are we doing about the heart murmur? And I said, Genuinely, what heart murmur? Yeah. Uh, and then when the studio laughter had died down, uh, he said, You've got a really pronounced i didn't even know what a heart murmur was it just means it sounds fucking weird shagging weird when uh when he's listening to something wrong going on and then i saw a cardiologist and had various tests the cardiologist said um well you're not going to have a heart attack in the next fortnight but uh if we don't fix this uh over the next two or four or six months this heart will fail so that got my attention uh, so it turned out I needed, uh, and it wasn't something they can fix with pills. I need, and it's not something they do with sort of interesting new keyhole surgery. If you're young enough and you haven't had surgery this kind of surgery before, the best outcomes come from open heart surgery. So that's what happened on the first of November last year. And um, yeah, so I'd written this book about a character who has this kind of lurking thing that's massively wrong with him. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm completely open to the idea that was my imagination, trying to tell me something. Yeah, I wish yeah. it had been a bit less subtle. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's that's what was going on.
0: Yeah, I mean, you wrote about it in The Observer, I think, this weekend, it's last weekend, and it's a very uh, moving and interesting piece. I mean, it made me feel... I mean, the, that whole idea of that... So I, I did once go and have a medical and... Or not the same thing happened because I was OK in the end, but... They stopped, they were doing the, the heart stuff and testing my heart. And then they, sort of went, they stopped and they looked a bit concerned and then went out of the room and I was sitting there about five minutes thinking, oh, they went to go to a running machine next. They came and said, we can't carry on the medical because you've got an unusual heartbeat and we're going to have to send you to hospital. And, and then, so I know, I think partly because I'd, I'd been through that experience of just that moment where you go, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, you know, I, yeah. I, I might be about to die. Yeah. Uh, or you know, be in big, big trouble. Uh, as it turned out, I just my heart just beats in a stupid way. It's I, okay. have a, I have a funny heart. It's meant to do. It goes down instead of up on one bit, and it's always done it. And it's they they did a three D model of my heart, you know, on the computer and all that. Nice. Sort of stuff. And it's all all right, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the idea of that getting that moment where you where you're given that news, but also then having to go through. A, a a very very intense procedure like that is i mean is it has it made you Has it i mean you're right about kind of appreciating life now you've you're at the other end but was it what what, what kind of um you know effect did it have on you before everything was was through were you sort of thinking I've got to get my affairs in order and this Yeah no it? I
1: mean there was this there was this really I and mean, that was the hardest bit really there was this weird sort of two and a half week period in between when I knew what was going on and before I had the operation, where I was just quite sort of creeping around at home quietly, trying not to have a heart attack.
0: Yeah, well, that's the terrifying thing when you go. It's not going to be probably the next two weeks, but it could be the next three months. You go. What if it's I mean, now? Even, what if it just happens? you yeah, walk out the office.
1: And I even um, I did I did uh, about a week and a half on back. Right. i, I turned that because you know you know what it's like years of conditioning of of you know you must not you cannot miss a day's location shoot yeah. you know yeah. it, it's impossible to reorganize this you've got 50 <laughs> people standing around with nothing to do if you're not there uh you know just you've had this for 20 years and you kind of go i can't well obviously obviously i've got to finish back before i have the heart operation right i mean obviously i mean they can't <laughs> and then you know <laughs> and then gradually and they were they were brilliant and the producer especially Lindsay robinson the first day i went in there because i'd only found out the day before and i went in for the first day and i she came into my trailer and i told her and she said forget about work and that was the first and pretty much the only time i really really cried because right. she's saying because it's a hell of a thing to say because she's the person who's got a you know got this ridiculously complicated job of reorganizing uh the schedule if you lose one of the main actors yeah. and they're going to shoot every which is what they did they shot uh, they shot for three and a half weeks with no uh, me yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the the idea was after four months I would come back and they'd shoot all of my bits right uh, and um, uh, which we nearly finished and then obviously the virus kid only had to stand down because of the virus so you know, it's it's a slightly ill-fated <laughs> production. We'll probably get another three scenes in the can before the uh, Great London Tsunami, uh, you know, takes it out for another four months.
0: Could you just do those in front of a green screen in your office, just and then? I think those missing scenes,
1: yeah. those missing scenes, they should just be claymation. They should just be me and David as sort of morphant Chaz, and <laughs> we'll, we'll do the voices. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny. We talked about last time we were sort of saying. Glibly talking about death. The last time you were on and saying, "Oh, you know, when it's 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 be tragic if you die in your forties, but in your fifties, it's oh, not as bad in sixties as, but then you know that. So you would have been you you. This is and like, so you're about forty eight now. Are you 47, 48? eight? Forty seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um That would so definitely be tragic. That would be be tragic. I would have been sad if
1: you died. People, people would definitely admire, and you know, hopefully, I'd have got a bit of oh, the funny one always dies first. <laughs> I mean, that's my that's yeah. my hope. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I'll take with me. But you know, I won't be around to see whether people say that or not. <laughs> I mean, they probably won't say that. I'll let but you know. At least I'll, be, I'll, I'll let you know something. I'll,
0: I'll send some message through to you. Um, and they do you, when they have open heart surgery. They turn they they have to turn your heart off to do that. Is that right? Oh, they do
1: all they do all sorts. The video is available if I is want it? to watch it. I'm, I'm really not going to. <laughs> but they yeah, there's a nice little seven inch incision here, and then they saw your breastbone and then they crank it open. So so when you recover, sorry about that, so then so when I'm you, <laughs> I shouldn't have asked, so I'm when so screwbish. all of your <laughs> ribs and intercostals have all been pushed around somewhere where they really mustn't be, so you can't sleep on your side for months. Right. So that's, that was hard, and and it all, obviously it all aches, and it's all very tender around here, and it's just shit for ages. And yeah. You know, they give you painkillers, and it's all right, really. And I, it- I was caning the, I, it, I turned out to be, alert, not allergic, but the, Morphine was making me throw up, so they changed it to OxyContin, which was quite moorish. Okay, <laughs> uh, that was quite nice. That was like the one moment I thought I'm, I kept used to this. I'm done, I'm done. But only once.
0: And so is it having done that? Is that is it sort of definitely everything's okay, or do you have to keep on? Looking no, at they're yourself, all
1: or? they're all very they're all very pleasing. Carly always says because like, she, she was saying you've got one of the weirdest hearts I've ever seen because it had to it had grown and completely changed shape in order to keep this show on the road the mm-hmm. problem by the way was a prolapsed mitral valve one of the valves had mm-hmm. just like this They're supposed to open and close like that and one was just going <laughs> <laughs> like this so the heart was having to really massively compensate and it was about to just give up um but she's uh, saying i've got normal heart function now and uh i'm sort of semi shielding because i'm not quite even six months after it's it's such a weirdly traumatic operation that even six months later I'm not really in a condition to, to for you know ten rounds with uh coronavirus nice. so uh, that would still knock me for eight if not yeah. seven um so uh, I have to not get that really okay. yeah
0: stay in that little office with the I'll just stay
1: here I've the... got my dressing gown <laughs> <laughs> it's fine
0: but you know I think that's the corona, i with the coronavirus was you're obviously thinking just as a regular person oh you know it's everyone's saying it's old people and you'll be fine and then it's just sort of gradually become like more and more apparent that it's it could be so much worse anyway but also overweight men middle-aged men are in quite a bit of danger and last week I thought oh well I should I'll try and lose I'll, you know better for the sake of the kids I better lose some weight and get fit and I did it for two days and then you know I thought oh fuck it I'll drink some beer instead so it was though, good it was
1: really i mean it was really useful for me because i was drinking too much and yeah, still yeah. fucking smoke well i've been on and off with the cigarettes but um uh but i've been you know in a sort of your brain gets hijacked by addiction and you're kind of telling yourself yeah i'll just I'll, I, i'm not talking about you i'm talking about me yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah i'll just you know this on this birthday or this weekend or this anniversary or the, you know this will be the moment where i and um so it was really good like i mean it provided a really good Gap in the domino topple, which you need sometimes. They literally turned me off and on again. Yeah. Uh, And so you come out of hospital, and the last thing you want to do, a glass of wine just looks like a face full of poison because you, you know, you suddenly have this newfound affection for your internal organs. And you're kind of like, they're my guys now. I've got to look after my guys (laughs) and and not give them all this extra shit to deal with.
0: Well, good. Well, you know, it is, there's a lot of positives there. And it's a very positive article you wrote about it. It's It's a really beautifully written article. Um, and I'm glad that you uh, you know are sorting all that stuff out as well. Um, the thing I was going to talk about about the book actually was uh, uh, it's sort of do you find that as a comedian, being seen as a comedian and actor, when you when you write, there seem to be a few little n- not digs exactly in the book about critics, but certainly a few comments about critics. Oh, um, crit- uh, do you find that critics? Are, are glad, uh, do, you th- do you find they ju- are a bit snobby towards you trying to write the a novel?
1: It. It's had uh, uh, universally positive reviews from proper critics. In fact, I haven't seen a bad review from a normal punter either, uh, and I do look. Um, uh, no, there, it's all been nice so far. They have to sort of say... Uh, I, I saw a, a Financial Times review... No, it was a TLS review of How Not To Be A Boy, the last book, for the first time recently, and that was, that was quite snotty, and that yeah. was kind of... Somebody brackets probably his publisher has had the idea to make the memoir about masculinity. And actually, no, fuck off. That was my (laughs) idea. I knew perfectly well that no one was going to buy a memoir. I'm not famous enough to write a really boring book about my fucking struggle. It had to be good because it had to be about something because otherwise... Anyway, so, you know, occasionally you get, you know, critics who reckon they know the genesis of how something happened. And you just go, why are you setting yourself up for such a massively... For the author who knows how this happens anyway um but there hasn't been much of that there was there was a, a guy in the irish times who said something about celebrity authors but then in order to say but robert webb isn't like this okay in okay. which case i kind of go all right why why have a go anyway? But it's fine. I've got nothing to complain about. Yeah. No, but I mean, I, I think it's,
0: the writing's really good. I just sort of, you know, I sort of sometimes think with comedy <laughs> as well, people just sort of, you know, it, people, there's a sort of snobbishness, like in film and and novels, towards something that's funny is uh, oh, yeah, somehow yeah. less meaningful or whatever. It just sort of seemed within yeah. the book there was a few. I mean, it's about literary criticism as well as uh, as actual journalistic criticism, but there seem yeah. to be a few like comments I thought about, yeah,
1: you get you get I've got a bookseller character who talks about how she's not a literary snob, and she looks over the the bestseller table and says there's there's something to recommend you know uh, uh, all of the, all of those books would give me a, I mean, I think that was probably a moment of a slightly anxious moment of me. Defending this book, and she like, "Give me a, a, a decent, you know, some intelligence of a brain. Some, sorry, some some evidence of a brain, some evidence of a heart, a joke or two, and I'm happy. And I'm sort of thinking, yes, this is this is what I'm doing because I really have just written a book, you know, to to be as enjoyable as possible. I yeah. mean, that's the that's the thing I'm going for enjoyment. And I, it's not going to win any prizes, uh, but it's also not a load of it's. You know, it's it's uh, it's very very carefully." Crafted and written, and it's yeah. you know it's, there, it's full of inter-
0: It's full of really interesting yeah. ideas and I think evocative ideas that will, you know, anyone you know anyone who's uh, who's been eighteen or nineteen, you know, and looks back from any distance at all, you know, from two years or from thirty years or fifty years, will 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 get something out of it. I mean, it's, it is bad about your um heart and everything from it, but I just like to say that I this year I have discovered that I can't, um my mind's eye is blind, I can't actually visualise anything inside my head. So I think, you know, just get your, get your life in perspective, mate, because I okay, can't, no, if I try to visualise an apple, I fucking can't, I shagging can't visualise it in my head. I just think of an apple and think of the word apple and I can't see an apple. So I, really I, boo-hoo, my,
1: my heart doesn't work. I've got that for life. <laughs> um, well, perhaps you can turn that into, like, drawing. Like, I can't. Don't... I,
0: when I, that's why I can't draw, because I can't visualise it in my head, can I? Have
1: you never been able to draw? Not because really, Because no. visualise apples.
0: I didn't even know I couldn't visualise things until... I was perfectly happy not knowing I couldn't visualise things, assuming I could visualise things, until I realised I can't visualise things.
1: OK, I'm going to try and visualise something. Try you know. and vi-
0: think of an apple in your head. What are
1: you seeing? Uh, yeah, now I can see it in quite a lot of detail, actually. It's really green and shiny and with a, okay, you a could nice 3d or 2d I'll let, oh 3d completely 3d I know I can smell it as well it's fantastic I'm having a, a whole century experience let's like try
0: it. again and see an apple maybe it's just I can't see apples because it's only when I try
1: to think of an apple have you have you ever seen an apple
0: <laughs> I've seen them <laughs> but I can't visualize them now I know what I can get is like it Gosh. like I'll get a, fl- a flash of something that is almost an image like almost behind my eyes so it's still not quite there so if i think of a face i can almost sort of see my my wife's or my daughter's face i i can i have a feeling of them but i can't i can't
1: see it like, i have a
0: feeling of what an apple is it's well, roundly
1: touchingly uh, uh, upsetting. Yeah. that's really bad for you I and mean, I mean, probably if there are other people i mean you could think, i can imagine you as a group being misunderstood and people well, thinking that you're yeah. serial killers and yeah, yeah. and that you're not to be trusted but no, I, like, I see it as just a, a, a misfortune, a gift in some ways because no, it's not a gift. <laughs> well,
0: I can't be mended. That's the thing. You were mended. You can't I can't be, mended. be. I can't. You I can't know, mend. No you can mend a broken heart, answer. but you can't mend a broken brain. My bra It's very upsetting. To, I just wish no one had told me about it because you were happy. I was, I was happy, and now I'm just thinking if I want to visualize an apple, I've got to go downstairs and get a fucking apple and look at it. <laughs> like that I can look at it, good look. It go good. That's what it Just try do. and make
1: sure you're only missing out on visualising things that you can actually go downstairs and, like, not the Taj Mahal. <laughs> I'm trying to
0: visualise it. I'm nearly seeing, oh, oh, it's sort of in the background. It's, a, it's sort of like that, isn't it? I can think, I, I can know yeah. what it is, but I can't see it. I'm trying, i I'm
1: try and picture think, it, if I'm if I'm I'm trying to Lady Mahal, Diana in front of that, the Taj Mahal. I think about that picture of Princess Di sitting yeah. all, looking all lonely... Yeah. In front of the Taj Mahal, I can I can sort of see
0: that. I'm trying to visualise that now, and I can't visualise it. I can sort of, I see. I've you know, got a little idea of her face then, but it was not. Yeah. It was more like a splodge of ink or something.
1: Oh, this is quite sinister. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let me ask you some emergency questions. That's one of the, that's oh, one do. of them I want to know. Everyone so far, I've talked about that perfect 3D because it's a it's a spectrum. Some people can see 2D. Some people just see a black and white apple. Some can see a little hazy
1: apple. Oh, no, I'm some kind of people. moving the camera around. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I've got a whole steadicam thing going on. I can see. Okay.
0: I'll ask you this emergency question, see how you get on with this. Over the last few months, I've watched every episode of How I Met Your Mother. What is the most degrading thing you've done to yourself for no apparent reason?
1: <laughs> uh, most degrading thing done to myself for no apparent it can be reason. anything. It's a hard question,
0: Robert. I'll give you that. Gosh, I mean... It,
1: yeah, it really could be anything. Yeah. Uh, I. Uh, uh, oh God.
0: I know it's difficult. Uh, I've given you mine. I'd hate okay, it. My mind's,
1: my mind's a blank. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I'm having, I'm literally living, <clears throat> going through a nightmare. The nightmare where somebody asks you a question, loads of people are listening, and yeah, It doesn't matter. Two. It doesn't matter if you I can't understand. think of anything. It just. I really can't. I can't.
0: Think everyone's, of just, everyone's just opinion. Opinion. You'll just. Go down a notch. That's all that's happening Yeah,
1: I think so. I think it should do. It's good, good that call. this isn't being sort of you know like a live thing. Yeah, it's... if
0: it was live, because we can just edit that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It's, and so it's, luckily, so no one will know. No one will yeah. know you didn't have a degrading.
1: Like, hundreds and hundreds thing. of people which are all
0: together. It's a hard question. The problem with it, the the one, yeah. the, the, the questions that are funny aren't as good as the what questions that aren't funny. Because we've already had a funny question. I'll ask you this instead. I don't think I asked it. No, I think it was too long ago you were on before. If you were, if you could have, if all the art galleries and museums in the world got together and said, "We love Robert." We were upset to hear that he had a near-death experience. We would like to make him happy. You <laughs> can choose any one item from any of the museums or art galleries in the world. It can be a painting, it can be a work of art, it can be a historical artifact. One thing that you're allowed to take home from any museum and keep for yours for yourself. What would you like to
1: have? I uh, probably the whole of the Angel of the North. Oh yeah, it's yeah. not it's not in a museum. No, that it's counts. Like on a that but I th- I'd like to have that on the top of my house.
0: How do you think the people of the North would feel about you taking Nature of the North well, and putting on a house I, in London? Uh, well, <laughs>
1: probably, probably quite similar to the people of Greece, the way they feel about the <laughs> Elgin Marbles. They might come and get it back. I imagine they'd be quite pissed off. I do love the Marbles. It would just be on a cultural loan. It would just be, uh, yeah. I'd yeah. just be borrowing it. It just, it just comes to West Hampstead once a month. Um, <laughs> and then it's quite a big when it became the Angel
0: gig. of West Hampstead though when it was in West Hampstead would they call it the Angel of West Hampstead they would
1: call it the Angel of North West Hampstead
0: <laughs> I think people might be able to work out where you lived that's the that's
1: the issue it would be, be a bit of a giveaway yeah
0: I love <laughs> it I love the I love the Angel of the North that is one of my favourite works of art mm. um, it's I like the way it, it's rusting it's sort of rusty almost
1: so, always, but presumably he thought of that yeah
0: was, I think yeah, so I don't think that was nice. an <laughs> accident.
1: <laughs> You'd no, think, it. wouldn't you? We should ask him. <laughs>
0: what metal did we make this out of? I thought I said
1: make this Why out of plastic. Fuck <laughs> oh, fuck, it's going to be outside. It's going to rain. What happens when it rains? We built Is this massive fucking twice? thing.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. I love passing that on the way up up to old Newquay. It's nice. Newcastle, not to Newquay. um Very good. Let me see what else I've got for you. What else was I. I've asked you about Robert's Web, alternate universes.
1: Oh, degrading, okay, Robert's Web. Oh, degrade, Web. Have, you got, have you thought the degrading Yeah, Robert's thing? Web, yeah. I totally oh, Web, myself yes. By making four editions of Robert's Web. That was oh. for no reason. That, well, that was okay, money, for, wasn't for one, it? For one reason, money.
0: Was but it a no, lot of not. money, though, or was it or was it not it was, very much it, money? It, it was clearly enough to do okay. at
1: the time. I can't okay. remember.
0: I bet comparative to most of your jobs. It's difficult to uh, indicate, isn't it, because I guess a job like Robert's Web probably didn't take much up in in your actual time.
1: How dare you? I were lived, we're and, right? breathed. I lived right? and breathed Robert Webb. Robert Robert. I had T-shirts. I, it, was, it was an obsession. When but
0: you're then- writing, so you've written this novel, like, I find writing increasingly very difficult and, I, and everything is... like If I can do it at the last minute, I can do it, but if I've got time, I just can't get my head around it. Uh, and I think it's partly about getting older. It's partly about getting more embarrassed by your failure and more, you know, getting a, a better writer, it's harder to write shit, so you sort of need to write the shit stuff and then change it. How long did it take you to write your book? Is, I'd be quite interested. Shagging ages. Was I mean, it?
1: with more off and on, with more off than on, two years. Right. Um, I sort of started, with, yeah, January, February, March of 2018, I spent wandering around the garden going, oh, shit, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, trying to think, because I had the I had the premise ages ago uh uh, for for years um widow goes back in time meets future dead husband when he's an annoying teenager um but then and that was sort of tagged on to the i mean you know with with your posh literary interviewers who say why why the move from from (laughs) memoir into fiction you know what i don't say the short answer is it was a two book deal here's book two (laughs) but um but there is an artistic, I'm, you know, it was, it did seem like a good story and a good idea for a story and, and a, another a new way to entertain people, which is what I'm about. But I like doing it through books at the moment for some reason, and um, so I wanted to, I wanted to do it for ages, but I didn't have, I had that beginning, I didn't have a middle or an end, and, yeah. and you know, unlike a memoir, which has, you know, you don't have to make up the story, and also, in a memoir, no one expects the plot of the story to be any good. They, they don't even expect an ending. You know, if I impose a bit of structure on how not to be a boy, but it doesn't have to have, you know, there's yeah, certain yeah. things that you, you don't expect in a memoir that you do expect in a novel. And so it had to, you know, I was suddenly got very worried about balance and symmetry and the structure of it. And then I did the worst thing you possibly could do, uh, which is start to read those fucking books about structure and okay. story and all of that and the five acts and three acts and eight acts and uh, just completely paralyzed myself and so i didn't there was, then there was a bit of a gap and then i there was a spurt in the summer of 2018 and then i the publisher wanted to see the first half and then idiotically i asked for notes on the first half instead of just writing them so then i had to go back and fix all that because i was too worried to, so it, you know it turns out I'm a, when it comes to are you a planner or a to go by the seat of your pants sir, yeah i know yeah. this was I I was a pantser who wished he'd done some planning. <laughs> I don't think it would have made it a better novel, but I would have had a less stressful time. Yeah, going yeah. literally, I don't know what to fucking do.
0: Yeah, I sort of find those, I and mean, I never really got into reading the books or that. I've I worked on a sitcom um, that I didn't re- that I I didn't do well on, and didn't they didn't use my scripts in the end. But they everyone who worked on it was very much into understanding where, you, where the beat you hit in which part of the sitcom and i i always like to uh write everything really without knowing where it's you know you've got a good idea of what yeah. it is but you you don't know where it's going so that you surprise yourself but a lot i think that probably does mean you waste a lot more time than someone yeah. who sits down and plans but i also think it it gives a feeling of spontaneity and then and then you actually can have surprises because i i often feel things that are very plotted out in advance you can sort of see where it's going because you because you know how those sort of things work when they are when they are written to form you know how the formula works was i thought what what again i liked about you but there's a couple of misleads and a couple of misdirections and a couple of really good there's something that happens one of the end of the middle chapters where you go oh fuck that's completely changes this whole thing and then well, again i won't say what it is but there's there's a revelation and you think the whole thing's completely changed um, and uh, and I thought that was great because that was that really threw me off because I of was thinking, oh, well, they said, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and then suddenly you go, oh, no, that's changed everything. So it's... Okay. it's uh, I, so I don't know if that me. kind of came across pay? you, whether that was something that you just sort of chance to cross i think you probably know what i'm talking about
1: i'm really about pleased that. to really pleased to hear that if it's if it's the thing i think i i i, I if it's the thing i think you're talking about then it, that sort of midpoint uh event yeah. I, I, I deliberately looked for a surprise to happen at the, yeah, yeah. In, in the middle of the book but but generally that that was really i mean my idea for the structure was <laughs> set it up enjoyably set it up enjoyably set up it enjoyably midpoint <laughs> whee! i mean that sort of that's it really it's, well because the
0: third parts are kind of it's like a caper really the third the third part of yeah. it's sort of so it is sort of three distinct parts and it's a, a chase and a and a yeah. and a yeah, yeah I mean, which is thought, lots oh, of it's fun it's a lot of you know it's it's a, it's it's sort of different not different tone it's still it, but it's a it's a it's a, a different, different, different direction genres. yeah, yeah.
1: It, it totally jumps genres I mean you know it, it doesn't thing you're really not supposed to do it at all and <laughs> I you know it was I was trying to get this the the you know because it's grief-stricken, time-travelling, rom-com adventure. And so I was trying to get all of this to kind of cohere, and hopefully I have through, just because it's my voice and because I've got an advantage, because people n- know what I sound like, and and and, and it, certainly people coming to it from How Not To Be A Boy know that voice. Yeah. But also, you know, hopefully because we're, we, we're rooting for, we give a shit about Kate and we want... We want it to be okay for Kate, and so we don't mind that it's 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 two three different things. But you know, it. it sometimes I thought, oh, this is a, a quiet little thoughtful book about love and grief and memory. And then at other times, I notice it's got a, a punch-up and a car chase, and. It's just clearly, it's just a, a, a writer's signal going, what would please me next? <laughs> and it's just, this is the book I would like to read. And in yeah, fact, this yeah. is certainly the book I would like to read in circumstances like this, because it's pure escapism. And um... It
0: really is. And, and you know, honestly, uh, uh, being able to sit down and read a book in a day, uh, is, that was, that's one of my big pleasures. If I'm on holiday... So it's, it's always lovely to research the, for this show because it often involves stuff like this. But I, I hardly ever get all the way through someone's book just because of time constraints. But that's what on holiday I will sit down and read, yeah, an eighty thousand word book in a day, uh, sitting by a pool, you know, having a nice time. Uh, so it is. It's it's a great thing when you can find a book. Certainly when you're a bit stressed and tired yeah. and there's other stuff going, on that a book that you can actually lose yourself in, and and you know, and it does. I think that's. I just think it it took me back to university that middle bit and just and the, and remembering those things again that we were saying you know not having mobile phones and uh, the going to the cash point that doesn't charge you any money and just like <laughs> those there's, there's there's good little, nice observations about how life has has changed without it being Peter K do you remember? <laughs> uh, do you remember this? But also because they're not, a lot of them aren't even specific. It's like going to a, a, a restaurant that becomes a nightclub, which isn't like a specific thing, but I presume maybe something that you'd experienced in your it, life at some point. It was,
1: no, it was based on, um, uh, uh, cause it's set in University of York, and apparently yeah, there yeah. was this Chinese was restaurant right. by day, which would turn into a disco at night. Right. And, uh, I've changed the name slightly, but um, I asked you know, on Twitter, this, uh, University of York alumni, uh, tell me just tell me some things and bless them they told me loads of things <laughs> and, um,
0: and why did I, you I, choose york as as the university for- York because
1: i uh i wanted to be uh, i didn't well firstly i didn't want to do cambridge again because everyone's done cambridge including yeah. me but also you i've just really uh, whenever i meet people who are there they are just really this just really nice people and it is really <laughs> engaged and wholesome and kind of Pleasant and funny, and it just gives. I just get a good vibe off the place. And I went to. Uh, I did actually do some genuine research. I went. On, got on the train and actually walked around. I also because I wanted a proper campus, and it's got this lake right. in the middle, and it's got this kind yeah. of central focus. Uh, so it, it it sort of ticked all those boxes.
0: Good. I well, you know. I'm i from uh, York. Was my second choice university. I would have quite liked to go to York. I enjoyed the trip up to. I think on the way back. I think try to remember which, which university you know, there was a university I went to. And it probably was York. I had to stay overnight, and I bought a porn mag, uh, and and had a wank in the in the bed and breakfast I was in. And I bought some cigarettes on the way home and smoked yeah, in yeah, the yeah. station. And I didn't smoke and I didn't enjoy it, but I I felt like those two things <laughs> were what my I was still at school. I felt that was. When I'm at university, I'll be able to do that kind of thing. Obviously. I'll be, I'll be doing
1: this. I think I'll be doing this all the time. <laughs> no, it wasn't far uh, It was far tomorrow, from, I from choice. I have to say it was
0: uh, Fiesta magazine. Do you have a Do you have a porn mag of uh, choice?
1: I don't now? remember. I don't remember there being a one, in, one particular no. one.
0: No. I mean, uh, that's a weird thing, isn't it? That's that's the way to Talk about that. Mag, yeah, some... the
1: embarrassment of actually, or the you know, having to slightly tough it out. Yeah. Do you remember I, d- I remember buying. Something at the same time, and you, I had to get other things at the same time, so this was just sort of thrown in as an afterthought. Yeah, so yeah, the listener and the independent and uh, razzle or whatever. Yeah.
0: My the drunk women solving crime, my wife is one of who's doing a podcast. they are having a conversation last time I came down from something like this, and they were talking about uh readers' wives. Mag, poem mags that one of them had heard of, but they didn't really understand what it was. Do you remember Re- the readers? It uh, was a magazine called Re- Readers Wise, it, it but it was, was also a section. Yeah. a section. So it was just basically, you know, pictures blokes had taken of their wives <laughs> with their tops off. So it, it was a, it was, it was a more realistic look at the female form than uh, than the 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 models, the high class models but in Fiesta, so high class
1: ladies. Honest. It's a sad business, Richard. But,
0: you know who would you, tell, you try and tell youngsters about porn mags now? We had, <laughs> I had one. We had one that um, at school. I mean, I pro- probably had sort of two or three porn mags in the entire time I was a teenager. Um, but we had one that we, someone had gotten that we shared around at school for. You, know, you, would, you were able to keep it for a week, and then you had to yeah, hand it on somebody, to the next. Yeah, place. somebody
1: brought. Somebody would bring yeah. one in. I'd re- try telling the young people about pubic hair, <laughs> apart from anything else. <laughs> That's true. They wouldn't believe you. It's
0: true.
1: I remember there was a letter in
0: one of them, I still remember, and the guy chance across his neighbour, bathing in the kitchen or something, and uh, he said she had nipples like walnuts, and that's uh, put me off the idea of seeing a breast. Walnuts. Well, Nipples like walnuts. That's what it. I remember about them. They were, the letters were the best bit, because I can't... I can, No, they shouldn't Not be. The, the pictures should be the best bit, because I can't visualise... I don't know. I don't know what's going on with my with my mind. Um, but uh, let's have i I'll ask you some emergency questions. Do you think you would have made a good sheriff in the Wild West?
1: No. Um, <clears throat> I think I'd have been a very cowardly sheriff and I think I'd have allowed all of the cowboys or gunslingers to more or less do what they like. Okay. Uh, I'd have been a peripatetic sheriff. I'd have had to move from town to town, <laughs> um, go, you know, riding away from all the angry townsfolk who would be very distressed by how, by how inadequate I've been in my sheriffing duties yeah
0: I think I probably would be similar <coughs> do you reckon you could you could shoot a baddie if you had to if you had a gun with training yeah yes yeah. Okay. yes okay. <laughs> um let me have a look uh, how obsessive are you about your bins I've become even more obsessed about my bins in lockdown
1: it's, uh, is it your I, job, I, the I don't bins, Robert? one of the things I've become more obsessive about. It, I, I, I'm quite enjoying. The boring answer is because I'm. This is all healed up now. I'm yeah. quite enjoying, being able to do the nice gendered, lovely gendered male jobs okay. like okay. the bins. And I'm, Yeah, I did go through a period of feeling slightly emasculated that it, Abby, my wife, had to do the bins. Now it's yeah. great that I can do the bins again. So I feel like I've got a penis back. And, uh, yeah, so I'm quite enjoying the bins.
0: Yeah, I don't like anyone touching my bins, but I, 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 when the jobs are divvied up, I I, I now do the kitchen floor, and I quite like cleaning the kitchen floor. And I feel quite insulted if my wife even lays a hoover on the kitchen floor now, because that's my territory. In fact, it's pretty much the kit. I think the kitchen is mine Um, for cleaning. The bins are there and the dishwasher's there, and those are my main useful jobs, I would say. I'm very disappointed in lockdown that that we're no longer we don't have a food. Do you have a food bin in, in Northwest Hampstead?
1: We do have a food bin, yeah, but we have we have a, a thing. We don't have a well. I think hang on. Actually, I think other people because I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it. Other people have a little caddy yeah, that I've they have inside, uh, but we don't. We've missed the bus somehow. Okay. We never got that when the little caddy van so came around. So pay? we've just got a, we've got a brown bin. Oh, outside, okay. So we use a. Plastic bag and empty all the shit into that is quite a smelly job. Yeah. All the shit into the brown food waste bin outside.
0: I thought you might have to carry uh, all your food waste in your hands out to the bin man when he came. And hand, my, we haven't got in the caddy. My caddick. naked
1: arms yeah. I just go out there.
0: But we blood. have to put our food waste in the normal bin now because of because of the coronavirus. It's cutbacks. Nice. I'm furious. It's it's one of the saddest. i have putting food in the bin makes me feel quite sick now. Because, you know, you think that's going off to some new life, probably a restaurant turned into food.
1: Your council isn't doing waste food collection? They stopped it pretty much immediately, yeah. Oh, blimey.
0: That's how bad things have got in uh, Hertfordshire. It's it's like a fucking jungle out here,
1: mate. Okay, we're all right in Camden so far. (laughs) In the Bronx. Uh, I'll do
0: one more. What else have I got, emergency question-wise? Is there another new one I want to give you, or shall I give you an old one? Let me have a look. Um, oh, this one, because you haven't got... You, your audio book hasn't been... You will There will be an audio book of, of this book, won't there? There's there will be, yeah. No, we ones didn't... Ones it,
1: and, it. Uh, it didn't get recorded before. It all got locked down and nobody wants to do it at I'll home. Do it. So. I'll
0: do it. I can put on a girl's voice. Hello, I'm Kate. Hello, hello, like, my name's Kate I, and I've got boobs. I like travelling in time and <laughs> and making men take their tops
1: out. That is actually, that is actually the first <laughs> sentence I <I'll> just put... <laughs>
0: Hello, my name's Kate. So I've got boobs. <laughs>
1: That's how you can tell it's a lady.
0: I think you know, well, you're not going to read your own audio book, which is probably the right decision because it's a yeah. it's a large about a, a female person. Um, <laughs> but if you through history, if you could get, I mean, I really enjoy listening to the author reading audio books. Have to say, if they're a good, uh, if they're a perform, which many of them are, um, if you could have any book that hasn't been made into an audio book because of you know histor- history or just read by the author. From any time in history, but it can be recent history. Who would you like to hear read their own books that you can't get because they're dead? Or... Oh,
1: that's a good question. Yeah. It, uh, I'm only gonna I'm gonna answer it with a sketch, which was that uh, David and I did a sketch once for, for the radio show, which is about um, uh, <laughs> recently found, uh, never heard before uh, audio files of um, of Tennyson reading. Um, of the light brigade, and we have these sort of two strokey beardy intellectuals saying, and now for the first time, (laughs) we're going to listen to African law tents. Canons to the left of them, canons to the right of them. There we go. And it it sounds quite camp. Um, so (laughs) I always like the idea of like what Thomas Hardy actually sounded, I think. There is the recording of Hardy, is but, there? but when you, go, you you can only go so far back, obviously, of what yeah. they actually sounded yeah. like. Sometimes they have, they do have quite squeaky voices.
0: Yeah, but often it's like there's a kind of. <laughs> so you know,
1: it's
0: to get in that was very good.
1: That was very good. That was a bit you. like the guy in um, Police Academy. <laughs> it was that level.
0: It's one of my many skills. Uh, just that one impression I can do. Um, hey, look! What is there? Do you know what's going to happen? I mean, you're going to take a bit of a rest anyway, over the because there's a virus going on, and you don't want to yeah. get that. Uh, yeah. If you, you back, we'll be coming back when we get those once, last three once, scenes once, done.
1: Once it's deemed sensible for a film crew to stand around quite close to each other filming a last bit of a sitcom, yeah. once that's allowed, we'll do that at the first opportunity. But um, God, I mean, God knows. But I'm, I'm not. Um, I'll start thinking about the next book, but yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna shit myself uh, if it doesn't happen over the next fortnight. <laughs>
0: And is it, and has your near-death experience given you a new perspective on life or have you slipped back
1: into just thinking out? Oh. oh, you have to slip back in. I mean, we're not built to constantly go around and go, oh, my God, look, <laughs> the, the colours are so marvellous. Oh, the greenness of the shirt and the woodness of the wood. Uh, you, can't, you can't do that. So, mm-hmm. I, no, I, I look, I've enjoyed slipping straight back into complacency because yeah. that's, that's the normal. That, that's when you know you're alive, when you totally, <laughs> when you totally take it for granted.
0: Well, that is the most profound thing we've ever had on this podcast. I'm delighted to have that. Uh, thanks so much for talking to me, Robert. It's been a delight as always. Uh, good luck. Stay safe out there, and Excellent. everyone buy your wonderful book. It, I got it on uh, Kindle. You can don't even have to go out to get it. You can get it downloaded onto your device, or you can you know, get it delivered to your house and risk the coronavirus sleeping. Just Imagine quarantine, me
1: you, quarantine for 24 hours and you're fine.
0: We are, we've got a little system like that where we leave packages in the in the sort of. It's not exactly a uh, pattern. It's just like a little room outside of our, where the, everything comes in. We leave, we leave it in there for a week and then it's all right, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know. Or to spray it. It'd be, would you feel bad if well, your book being delivered to well, someone killed I'm them happy with, the with the coronavirus? i people
1: spraying, washing, and, and robbing and dabbing my book. <laughs> Dab me.
0: So just give it a wipe before you read it, which would be my <laughs> advice if you get the poor Do mag. It. If you give get the one mag that me and my friends were web handing web. around in the 1980s, give that a <laughs> wipe before you read it as well. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Robert Webb, thank you so
1: much for coming. Thank you very much, please
0: You have been listening to Rolla with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Robert Webb. Thank you to Pess for playing this music. Even in the heart of the virus, they will not give up playing. They love music so much. I would very much like to thank Chris Evans, not that one, for all his help in assisting me in getting these going. I would like to thank everyone at Zoom and Zencaster and OBS and Twitch for making it so easy to use all your wonderful stuff. I would also like to thank my mum and dad and everyone who knows me. Uh, We are indebted to our executive producer, who this week is Innis. Just that, Innis. We called him Anus on the set just as a funny pun on his name. He didn't like it and uh, it was quite rude and we all got sacked because he was executive producer. Um, I would also like to thank Catherine McKeegan who runs the excellent Rahalastapa.com website which is very useful for research purposes for me in remembering what I have asked people before. Worth a look if you're obsessed with Rahalastapa.com. Uh, this is a sky potato fuzz and go faster stripe.com production for the internet